So how cool was that video? Seeing all that God did through Vacation Bible School this year. Uh, all the numbers you saw, but think about it. 75 professions of faith is Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior across all the neighborhoods of our campuses. And uh, one thing, yeah, that's, we have to clap for that. We don't, we don't clap for that. Something's wrong. So one thing that VBS reminds us is school is near. It's usually the end of the summer. It means school year is right around the corner. And we know there are many challenges for teachers, administrators, parents, students with the school year. There are many, many changes. So we invite you, we encourage you to be part of our back-to-school prayer night. Uh, Ron and I lead a once-a-month congregational time of prayer the first uh, Wednesday of each month. But this is going to be at the end of this month, August 26th. We're going to have a uh, student present, parent present there. Uh, teacher present there to represent all the areas is going back to school. It's going to be digitally online. You can join us through our online campus, uh, Facebook, many different avenues. Make sure you join us as we come together to pray as a church family over our students, our parents, teachers, administrators during this time. And, and this time I want to welcome as well all of you who join us uh, on our online campus and across all our campus. We are so glad you are with us Today, So they have already been answering a question that I uh, gave our moderators earlier tonight, uh, today, asking them a question to answer online. Now I'm going to ask you this question as we start today. I'm going to put one word on the screen, and I want to know if you like this word or dislike this word. The word is change. Change. In general, if you are for change, like our online campus just did, some people press the like button. How many of you are alike when it comes to the word change? All right, all right. All right, now how many of you are a dislike when it comes to, whoa, all right. A little different than online. Online, it was split. About You guys online were about 50-50 uh, here in the South Hills. Uh, we guys were probably about 70-30, 70% said no-go. I am not a big fan of change. But here's the deal. We all experience it, right? On a daily basis, we all experience change. More than ever during COVID, we have experienced change. Just think about it. We just talked about school. School plans have completely changed. Graduation plans have changed. I talked to a, a senior in high school today who was supposed to have his senior football season, his year to start, and now he doesn't know if that's going to happen. Job security changed. Retirement plans changed. Vacation plans changed. Wedding plans Change. Did a wedding last weekend in a backyard. It was supposed to be at an event center, but they had to change plans. Weekend worship has changed. More than ever, we are a church family that meets digitally and physically right now. But we didn't need COVID to understand that in this life, things constantly change, right? We can just look at our physical bodies. If you look at old photos... You say, man, I have changed. So a couple uh, last weekend posted their 40th anniversary photo. Check out this photo I saw online this um, last weekend. Ron, our senior pastor, and Lori Moore celebrated 40 years. Right? We praise God for that faithfulness. And I would say Lori has not changed much. Ron, 
Uh, just a tad. I mean, that hair, that hair alone, we change, right? And, and it only takes a few words to drastically change our lives. You got the job. Will you marry me? We're having a baby. Or we're downsizing. We're letting you go. I want a divorce. We lost the baby. It's cancer. And in the middle of our lives right now, where change like that can happen in a moment's uh, notice, the question is, where do you cling to to find absolute security in a constantly changing life? Do you have anything in your life that is truly unchanging? We're in the middle of a series this summer that we have entitled No God. And in this series, our goal is simply these three things. Through this series, looking at the attributes of God, we want to know God more intimately. We want to love God more intentionally. And we as the church want to share Jesus more boldly. This weekend, we're going to look at an attribute of God that I believe is the bedrock of all other attributes. God is immutable. God says, Malachi 3, 6, I, the Lord, do not change. The word mutable comes from the Latin, which means subject to change. So immutable, the negative of that word means not subject to change. So as we look at God, who is immutable, our ultimate goal is this, is to walk away to answer this question. How does the unchanging God want to change you? How does the unchanging God want to change us? Let's pray and ask the unchanging God to lead us. Father, we come before you and we thank you for this time we have each weekend as a church to gather, both digitally and here physically. We are united by your spirit. Your spirit unites us today in worship. So, Father, I pray that you would teach us as only you can. As always, let the words that come out of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be honoring and pleasing to you, O God, in Jesus' name, amen. So before we get to that question, we want to nail down the, the attribute of God called his immutability. Here's the first thing we see about God in Scripture. God is unchanging in his being and attributes. When you think being, think all that God is, his essence, his nature, his existence. God has always existed. There was never a time where God did not exist, and there never will be a time where God did not exist. Psalm 90 verse 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting you are God. Now, as human beings, it is hard for us to comprehend that. Because we have to change in order to develop physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. We have to change. But there's no change necessary for God. God does never go from better to worse 
or worse to better in any part of his being. He always has, always is right now, and always will be absolutely perfect in all of his being, including, including all of his other attributes. It is because God does not change that he is all-knowing and all-wise. If there was a time or there could be a time where God could learn something new, then how could we ever trust him? Either he didn't know everything before or he's forgotten something. How could we trust his sovereign will? How could we trust his word? How could we trust this love he says he has for us unconditionally? And how could we cling to the truth that Jesus is the only way to him? I love how James in the New Testament gives this visual picture of how God is unchanging in all of his being. James puts it this way. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. I took this picture recently while running on the Montour Trail. We all know this. Our kids love it from a young age. From from morning to evening, as the sun moves across the horizon, our shadow changes. In one moment, we don't see anything when the sun's above us. And then it grows and grows and grows as the sun sets. God, though, the shadow, the representation of who he is, has no variation or change at all. He is perfect in all of his being. He will always be perfectly loving. He will always be perfectly just. He will always be perfectly merciful. He will always be perfectly sovereign. He will always be perfectly all-knowing. And therefore, if his being never changes, all of his attributes never change, another truth we see in Scripture practically is God is unchanging in his plans. Anything that God sets out to do he always accomplishes. Psalm uh, Isaiah 46, I, I love how, how Isaiah puts this, you know, prophecy speaking for God here. It says in verse 9, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. I declare the end from the beginning and from the ancient things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand. I love that. You and I, we have to sink multiple counselors in our life, right? The guide us and director, direct us. God says my counsel is it. My counsel shall stand. And I will establish, I will accomplish all of my purpose. Whether calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country, if I have spoken, I will bring it to pass. If I have purposed, then I will do it. When someone changes their mind or changes their plan, most likely what happened was new information came to light that they didn't previously know. Or circumstances changed that we had no idea what was coming. But because God is perfectly omniscient, perfectly all-knowing, there is nothing for him to ever to learn, nor an experience he never saw coming. Now, a tough question, right? This series is no God. Tough questions, real answer. One tough question around this theme of immutability is, well, does God ever change his mind? Does God ever change his mind? Scripture says no. Numbers 23, 19. God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man, that he should change his mind. 
Has he said, and he will not do it? Or has he spoken, and he will not fulfill it? Now, some might say, time out a second here, because it it seems, at least in Scripture, sometimes God says he's going to do something, and then he changes his plans. Or he seems to relent his decision. Think of Jonah. God speaks through Jonah to Nineveh, and he says, in 40 days you will be destroyed. And then he relents that decision, and he spares them. Now, wait, isn't that God changing his mind? No. Look at the context. Jonah chapter 3, Nineveh repented. And because they repented, man changed before the unchanging God. God spared them. God was unchanging in his justice before they repented. And he was unchanging in his mercy and grace when they did. And because he's all-knowing and he's all-sovereign over everything that happens, he knew that was coming. Now, when we think through that, you might be thinking, that gets me even more confused. We might have even more questions. Well, this is just another point of sermon number one in this series, that God is, anybody remember when we talked about the first week? Incomprehensible. God has given us everything we need to know about his immutability in order to trust him and follow him. And there's a certain aspect of the unchanging God that as finite human beings will never fully comprehend. Because sometimes we're in the heat of a moment in time where it doesn't feel like his plans are unchanging. But we trust his character. We trust his word and know that he's here and we're here in our understanding. And because God is unchanging in his being, because God is unchanging in his attributes, because God is unchanging in his plans, something that is crystal clear in scripture that gives the most comfort to you and I is this, God is unchanging in his promises. If there's one thing this broken world has taught us is that people break promises. For better or worse, Until death do us part. I want a divorce. Son, I will always be here for you. You can count on that. Your mom and I are splitting up. You're going to stay with her. I, I hope to see you soon. You can tell me, don't worry. I'll keep it, I'll keep it right here between you and I. Hey, can you keep a secret? Did you hear? We live in a world of broken promises. Only God is the one. Is that when he speaks something that he says is unconditional, it truly is. Why? Because his promises rest in him. And who he is as the unchanging God. 2 Corinthians 1.20, I love what it says. It says, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter amen to God for his glory. Think about it. When a person testifies in court, where do they bless their hand? The word of God. Why? Because for that important statement, we need an authority of truth greater than our own words. So we are swearing upon a source of authority greater than I am. God wrote that book. 
God needs nothing else to swear upon to keep his promises than himself. He says that in scripture, going all the way back to the Old Testament covenants, as we'll see with Abraham, to the New Testament promises of Jesus. Hebrews 16 says, when God makes a promise, when he made the promise to Abraham, since he had no greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself. When God makes a promise to you and I, it's a done deal. He's the only relationship in our lives where that is 100% guaranteed. God is unchanging in his being. God is unchanging in his attributes, in his plans, and in his promises. Let's drive home some application from that. Going back to that question. Now, how does the unchanging God desire to change us If you have your notes uh, digitally online, we gave those to you here. Uh, They're in our our app and everything for you, but we'll be on the screen for you. We have one sentence to fill out uh, this weekend for our application. The first is this, three ways. The unchanging God first desires to change us through his son, Jesus Christ. So when the Bible uh, speaks of the heart... Actually, the heart is mentioned over 1,000 times in Scripture. Don't think about the organ itself. The heart represented in Scripture represents our whole being, specifically our spiritual condition. And Scripture is crystal clear of the condition of our hearts apart from Christ. Jeremiah is straightforward. Jeremiah 17.9 says, Without God in your life, our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately sick who can understand it god's word corresponds to reality is the heart of man sick apart from god how can human beings fly planes into buildings and kill innocent people how can over the past few years people walk into school buildings and shoot at innocent children and teachers. How can right now in our country, the United States of America, on average 18 to 20,000 new cases of human trafficking happen every year? And right now it is said over 300,000 young people in our nation are considered, considered at risk for sexual exploitation. The heart is desperately sick. Who can understand it? And those are the big ones, right? Well, that's not me. How can we so easily betray one another, have marital affairs, lie to our parents, covet our neighbors, gossip behind one another's back? The heart is desperately sick. Who can understand it? More than anything, who can redeem it? Who can rescue us? As human beings, since the fall of humanity in Genesis chapter 3, Scripture is clear that we are all born into sin. Romans 5 verse 12 puts it plainly. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin... And so death, think spiritual death here, not just physical, spread to all man, and we are all sinners. 
Without Jesus in one's life, death, again, not just physical, we all experience spiritual death for eternity, separation from the living God. And without Jesus, no one, no one can go to heaven. No one can experience eternity with God without Jesus Christ. And you want to talk about the unchanging God changing us through his son. I love how Paul puts it in Ephesians chapter 2. Just looking at verses 1 and 4 and 5. He says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. He's speaking to believers. So past tense. That's who you were. If you have never trusted in Christ as of this moment, if you're joining us online, if you have never trusted in Jesus, you are right now spiritually dead. If you were to die at this moment, you would spend eternity separated from the living God. And praise God, you're alive to hear these words. Because God said through his son, the change agent of our hearts, he was rich in his mercy, not giving the wrath that we deserved, but because of his great love for us. That even when we were dead in our sins, nothing we could do spiritually He made us alive in Jesus. And it's by grace, his grace, that he did that through his son. You see, God's plan for salvation since eternity past has always been Jesus Christ. He's all-knowing. He knew what was going to happen. So the notion, the notion, young people, you're going to hear this as you continue to grow up, the notion that all religions lead to God is garbage. It's false. The notion that I can live a good life and earn my way to God is false. There's only one way. It's through God's unchanging plan of his son. If you're here today and you have never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, our prayer is that God is changing you right now. He's saying you're a sinner like everyone else in the room. And because you can't earn your way to me, I sent my eternal son who took on flesh. He lived the perfect life that you can never live. And he died on the cross and he was buried in the grave, but he didn't stay there. He rose again. And he defeated sin and death once and for all. The greatest change that you can have in your life is trusting in Jesus. Will that happen right now? If you're online... If you're not here with us now or we could talk to you after service, you're online. We have just a button you can click. I want to make a profession of faith. There's nothing earth-shattering about clicking a button, but we'll follow up with you. We would love to help you take that journey of trusting in Jesus. Have you trusted in Jesus? And when you do trust in Jesus, here's the beauty. He secures you forever. You are in Jesus forever. Think about it. COVID alone has taught us that we don't have much security in this life. We're talking about physical deaths, lost job, financial hardship, cancel vacation, cancel youth activities. School has changed completely. We are vulnerable human beings. COVID can't touch your salvation in Jesus Christ. Nothing in this world can touch who you are as a child of God because the moment you trust in him, you are secured for eternity. Do you have that security? In this constantly changing world, Jesus said this. He said it crystal clear. I give them eternal life. When you trust in me, 
I give you eternal life and you will never perish. No one, nothing can snatch you out of my hand. And when we think about the spiritual security we have in Jesus, another way that God continues to change us is through the power of his Holy Spirit. That's the second one. God desires to change you by the power of his spirit. Here's the beauty. When you trust in Jesus Christ, the spirit of God literally now resides in you. The spirit of God resides in your heart. I love how Ephesians chapter 1 puts it, in Christ you also, when you heard that word of truth, and if you, if you trusted in Jesus right now, if you trusted in him, Scripture says that the spirit, the, the promised Holy Spirit has now sealed you. It's another act of security by God. You are stamped the child of God for eternity. Here's the beauty. When the spirit of God comes into your life as a believer, he's the continual change agent in your life. He makes you more and more like his son. The spirit is the one who empowers the believer to grow in Jesus. Jesus said this in John 14. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I love that Jesus, notice that. Walking with God is not some emotional love. Like, I love you, God, and then it goes away. There's a lot of emotional Christians today. There's practical obedience involved in that love. So he says, if you love me, you'll follow my commandments. And I will, well, how will we do this? I will ask the Father, he's speaking to his disciples, and he will give you another helper to what? Be with you forever. And I love this, the spirit of truth. We need some truth today, don't we? Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Why? Because he dwells within you and he will always be with you. The Spirit of God convicts us of our sin. The Spirit of God empowers us. Scripture says in 1 Peter that every believer has a gift from God that we're called to use to build up his church and to make his name known. And, and the Spirit of God is the change agent in your life that allows you to understand his word. That's the third thing. The unchanging God desires us to first be changed by his son, continually changed by his spirit, and the spirit of God allows us every day to be changed by his word. You see, in a relativistic culture that says there is no absolute truth, we say that's garbage as well. God's word never changes. It's the absolute truth that we stand upon in, an un, in a constantly changing world. Isaiah 48, I love what it says. It says, the grass withers. All the hot sun in Pittsburgh, we all agree with that, right? Anybody have a brown lawn? Yeah. The flower fades. But what about God's word? It will stand forever. We cling to the unchanging word of God as our eternal compass for this life. Let me ask you. A lot of news out there, a lot of things out there dictating truth. Are you allowing the unchanging God to continue to make you into who he desires you to be by being in his word? God has given you his spirit to understand it. But you need to open up the book and read it. So all of us are changing some way, somehow. Those who say, you know, I'm kind of static, not one way or another. No, you're changing one way or the other. We're all constantly changing in our lives. My question is, who right now is dictating change in your life? Who has the greatest influence 
right now of change in your life. First and foremost, again, if you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the unchanging one right now desires to change you for eternity. Will you trust in Christ today? Believers, are we, are we in God's word? Where the Holy Spirit illuminates our mind constantly is making us more. Is our mission as a Bible chapel, developing us as followers of Jesus Christ. Are you in God's word? Are you using the gifts that God has given you through his spirit? Here's the deal. I have no idea what specific change you need today. God knows exactly what you need. Will you allow him to change you? This week, will you spend time in prayer, in his word, saying, God, I want you, the unchanging one, to be the one dictating change in my life. So we're going to sing a new song. We're going to sing a new song. And I love the lyrics. The lyrics talks about how uh, the spirit of God moves in our life in many different ways. As believers, we know sometimes the spirit of God is like that gentle whisper. And sometimes the spirit of God is like a wrecking ball, just tearing down the walls of our heart. And I believe without a doubt that God knows the exact change that you need. But the question is, are you open to him changing you? Will your response, will my response be, as we're going to sing at the end of this song, here I am, Lord, have your way until all that is left is you. Your spirit is my constant friend. You're with me. To the very end, I love this. I'll never be alone again. I'll never be alone again. That's security in Christ. And says this, God, you're the change in me. New song, but I invite you to stand up. We're gonna stand in a posture of humility before God. And is that the, the posture of your heart online? If you can't stand with us, will we as a church say, God, I want you to be the change in me.